welcome to another episode of Not D&D, which is brought to you by EN World Live, which is, of course, part of EN World, the leading tabletop news and review site. Um, so I'm your host, Jessica, but much more excitingly, we have a guest with us this week, which I'm sure you're all here to, to meet. So Kaya, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. No problem. So we are here this week to talk about your game, her Odyssey, which I was very excited um, to learn about because it was recommended to me um, by a previous guest on the stream and also uh, a few people on the internet that came and said, hey, why isn't this person a guest on your show? And I said, well, I should definitely ask them. <laughs> um, but we'll be talking about uh, Her Odyssey um, and the game. Um, if you're watching live, thank you for joining us. Please put any questions you have um, in the chat and we'll happily answer them throughout the show. Um, but before we get into talking about the game, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about you and get into your history with um, kind of tabletop role-playing games. Um, so could you share kind of yeah, how you first got into games? Sure. Um, so I first got into TTRPGs via D&D, as I think many people do. Um, there was a long period of time when I didn't actually have anybody to play with. It was just <laughs> whenever my mom was shopping at the mall, I was sitting in borders, you know, in the TTRPG aisle, just reading the, um, the source books and imagining mm -hmm. what it would be like. Um, mm -hmm. I managed to get a consistent friends group to start playing D&D with um, in high school and college. Um, but interestingly enough, the first non-D&D um, TTRPG I played was a completely, I want to say homebrew, but it, it, was, it was a game that was well thought out and well designed, mm -hmm. despite the fact that it was you know, made up by somebody in my local friends group who was just running mm -hmm. it for this one particular uh, group of, of people. Um, it was called Paradise Towers. It was mm -hmm. a D100 system where mm -hmm. um, the skills and abilities that you had to roll, you could you could make up whatever skills you wanted, but you had to justify why it was you were using that skill every time. Okay. And you would roll a uh, D100 and add your skill um, to try to get above a certain target number. And at the end of each session, depending on what you had done that session, the DM mm -hmm. would um, tell you which of your skills went up or whether you had uh, gained any new skills. Um, okay. And this was in fact um, meant partially as a blind because you would get skills called question mark, question mark, question mark, or skills okay. called, you know, um, you know, just, just very mysterious names. And you wouldn't know what they would do, uh, but the DM knew what they were doing. And it, it turned out it um, wove into the, the giant reveal that um, there were gods walking oh. among people and those were measuring your attunement mm -hmm. to, you know, the gods. And so just looking at that system, um, it was such a free form and freeing system. Um, you know, there was no memorizing formulas or figuring out, you know, how your character leveled up because all of that was given to you. And so it really mm -hmm. let you place the emphasis on the role playing and trying mm -hmm. to figure out what those um, mechanics even meant. Mm -hmm. um, and I think shortly after that, um, same group of friends, um, I was introduced to Dread. 
And again, Dread is just an absolutely fantastic game for aesthetics and storytelling and weaving the two of them together. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with, uh, with Dread, the central mechanic is a Jenga tower. And mm-hmm. every time you are asked to do something that might be um, dangerous or the outcome is uncertain, you pull a block from the Jenga tower. And when the Jenga mm-hmm. tower falls over, uh, yeah. well, bad things happen. Um, and so it sets, system, yeah. yeah, it sets up this really, really strong tension um, in in a way that D and D, you know, in the groups that I'd played with, never had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, sort of moving forward in time, uh, I didn't really get into the wealth of indie RPGs until I found itch.io um, mm-hmm. just a few years ago. And there are so many games on there. Um, so many. Yeah. Amazing. So how did you how did you go from somebody who just played games? And it seems like really kind of the narrative side of games is what really appealed to you and getting into the character, which seems evident when people know the games you make how did you go from somebody that just played games and enjoyed them to being somebody who who makes them and and has them out there for people to try well I hadn't really considered you know sort of becoming a game designer um Mm -hmm. at the time I was on Twitter um sort of trying to gain more um sort of gain more followers and, and get out the word of a D&D actual play that I was in uh, called Curse of Strahd Twice Bitten. Mm-hmm. Um, I was making friends and making um, you know connections and learning about all of the amazing projects that other people uh, in the TTRPG Twitter space were doing. And I happened to see um, a an amazing creator, uh, Lex, at Titanomaki RPG, I think, um, is their Twitter handle, uh, talking about a lightweight SRD that they had just published called Caltrop Core. And uh-huh. their promise was, uh, you know, this is a, a very easy and um, approachable system that you can read through it and be a game designer by the end of the day. So I thought, huh, uh, I guess I'll give this a look. And I downloaded it and I looked through it and I said, this is neat. I can't see myself using it. I'll just sort of put it to one side. Mm -hmm. Um, And a few weeks later, um, while I was in the middle of a shower, just a, the idea that became her odyssey just crashed into my mind. And Mm -hmm. I thought like, I, I have to, I have to get this down somewhere on paper. Um, And so I just dried myself off and went straight to the computer. (laughs) amazing um i mean that leads us in really nicely to talk about kind of her, her odyssey which is what we're here to talk about um so as you mentioned it's a caltrop core game uh, kind of caltrop core a little bit yeah caltrop core is a uh system that is based around the use of the d4 which is why it's called caltrop core um mm-hmm. they are the deadliest dice to step on um, yes and Caltrop Core uses the D4 basically as an oracle system. So whenever you have something where the um, outcome is in doubt, you roll a D4. And if it comes up as a one, uh, that is an absolute failure. You don't get what you want and things get a lot worse. A two is a partial failure. You don't get what you want, but things don't get worse. 
Mm -hmm. Three is a partial success. You get what you want, but things get complicated. And four is an absolute success. You get what you want and you might even get something more. And the heart of Caltrop Core is um, figuring out how many D4s to roll because you don't mm -hmm. have to roll just one. Um, one way that you could absolutely use the system is uh, you have stats. Um, mm -hmm. You might have... Uh, body, mind, and spirit, and your body might be a two, and that means whenever you do something body-related, you roll 2d4 and you take the highest. Mm -hmm. um, or it might, you know, lend itself to the sort of game where you have tokens, you might earn tokens from roleplay, you might earn tokens from actions, and then every time you have to make a roll, you decide how many tokens you want to spend on this roll, and you roll that mm -hmm. many fours, you take the highest. Um, it's a very flexible and robust system. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the reason you decided to, to choose it, I, I assume, for the game. So, yeah. yeah. And because I've seen there's lots of different games based on it. So you can, I mean, this uh, game, Her Odyssey, is a solo journaling tabletop RPG, but I've seen people that don't have it as a solo game equally as well. So I think that speaks to the flexibility of it. Mm -hmm. um so you kind of touched on earlier why you chose to use this for the game i guess because it's so flexible and it promised to be so easy <laughs> were there any other reasons or was it just that yeah, i'd seen this and it fit the bill so let's just get out there um it sort of developed into its own thing in my mind mm -hmm. um i had seen other games made with it um, particularly the multiplayer ones. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out how one would make a solo game uh, when you're not rolling against other people or rolling against mm -hmm. a DM. Um, and the idea of rolling against a, a card value that you draw from a deck of cards uh, occurred to me. And if your card values go from 1 to 13, then you can roll three d4s and it gets you up to 12, which gives you a value of one that you can always achieve uh, no matter how many dice you roll and a value of 13 that you can never achieve no matter how many dice you roll. And so this idea of, um, you know, I can melt these two systems and it just so happens that if I use three d4s, um, then the numbers fit perfectly and mm -hmm. the underlying... Um, mechanics of the Caltrop core systems with the, you know, no, but yes, but yes. And, um, mm -hmm. are so, um, flexible and, um, you know, open for interpretation, um, mm -hmm. that this just seemed like the perfect system to use. Yeah, perfect. So speaking about her odyssey, could you give us an overview of, of, of what the game is? So I mentioned it's a solo journaling RPG, but for people that, that are new and just exploring this, how would you introduce it to them? Yeah, so Her Odyssey um, is a game that you play by writing journal entries um, about a wanderer who is trying to return home or find a new home. And so... Um, since it's a solo journaling RPG, you sort of come up with what your character is doing and who they are at the same time as you are coming up with the world they're traveling through, the environment they're encountering, any challenges they might be facing. And that sort of back and forth is the backbone of the game. So you um, 
have a deck of standard playing cards. You have to include the jokers and okay. you use a handful of D4s. Um, you answer a few questions just to set up the basic um, sketch of who your wanderer is. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to completely figure out yet um, what their lost home is like or what they're looking for. You know, that's mm -hmm. one of the things that you can discover as you go, just as your wonder is is discovering uh, what, what they want as they go. Um, and so every day you draw a card from the deck mm -hmm. and the suit of the card that you draw uh, determines the sort of challenge that your wanderer might be facing. Uh, each suit has a list of nine different options uh, just to provide some some variety. And the value of the card um, is basically emblematic of how difficult that challenge is. Mm -hmm. So you have three stats. Um, yeah. So it's vitality, quickness, and fortitude. Right. Um, and you, I'm cheating. I've got it just to the side of my screen, the PDF. So. <laughs> um, I do as well, but it wasn't uh, on that screen. <laughs> that yeah. um, and you assign stat points to those three um, stats, mm -hmm. uh, symbolizing how good your wonder is at those particular attributes at the beginning of the game. Sure. So you face the day's challenge, you choose one or more stats uh, to try to meet that challenge, you roll the corresponding dice, you determine from what comes up on the, the die face um, how well any particular one of your attempts goes towards trying to face that challenge, and then uh, you also look at the sum of all of these stats that you have rolled. Um, and you see whether that has met or surpassed uh, the face value of the card that you drew. And that determines whether the day has been auspicious or inauspicious. Um, mm -hmm. And you keep a count of how many auspicious or inauspicious days um, you have encountered so far, because that is important for the second half of your journey. Um, okay. When you draw your first joker, uh, that is basically the midpoint of your journey, maybe not in terms of time, but uh, in terms of sort of your character's narrative arc. Um, that is the false homecoming, where your wanderer believes that she has found a suitable home, but something comes up to uh, cause her to have to move on. Uh, and I use the pronoun her um, because mm -hmm. by default, the pronouns for the uh, wanderer in the PDF are she, her, but anybody who's playing can give their wanderer whatever pronouns they want. Sure. Um, so the false homecoming uh, causes your wanderer to sort of reflect on what she has seen so far, on why this particular uh, place that might have felt like a home doesn't suit uh, and sort of refocuses what she is actually looking for. Um, and then you continue going with the the daily card draw and the um, rolling the D4s to meet the challenge. However, um, as you go on in this sort of second half of your arc, uh, 
um, the number of auspicious and inauspicious days you encountered in the first half of your arc um, may give you extra boons or um, drawbacks, uh, depending okay. on the variation that you're playing with. Uh, okay. So then it becomes a little bit of a, a race against time to draw the second Joker, which is the true homecoming and is the sort of happily ever after uh, for your wonder, or sometimes bittersweetly ever after. But but the end of the story and the end of the journaling, nevertheless. Yes, okay. the end of the wandering, the end of the odyssey. Excellent. Uh, I I love this concept so much. Um, I think immediately, um, so I'm kind of new to solo journaling tabletop RPGs. And for me, I found it kind of a little bit intimidating because it was so different from what I'm used to. Um, but this game, um, I, I see a real kind of purpose to it, if, if that makes sense. Like I I think you mentioned as well that you can use it to, to build a world. So you could use this to explore and create a world for a campaign of a different game that you're playing or you could use it to build a character backstory and, you know, just fulfill in those details before you're going to another game. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that was so interesting. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, the ways you found different people use it during playtesting or when you were testing the game? Yeah, um, the amount of creativity that my playtesters and the other people who have posted their their play logs since then, um, the amount of sheer creativity they've brought to the game has been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept my prompts, um, you know, open ended as much as I could without, uh, you know, having them be insubstantial. Mm-hmm. And um, I found that people interpret the provided prompts very differently. Um, mm-hmm. So one playtester ended up writing about a, um, you know, a city that was built upon gears and the gears turned and interlocked. And um, mm-hmm. you know, that ended up being a very interesting sort of beginning of a world building uh, exercise beyond just... Sure discovering this particular character. Um, mm-hmm. Another player, um, Michael Schofield, who is the uh, who is the creator of the podcasts The Thief and uh, The Friar, mm-hmm. uh, decided to explore a different aspect of this world that he had already built for those podcasts by uh, following the story of a spy who had just fled from the uh, the queen that she served with mm-hmm. valuable state secrets and, you know, figured out how somebody in this different corner of this world that he had built would be encountering difficulties and things like that. Um, I know that there's one Israeli streamer who um, ended up playing on stream uh, with his viewers contributing ideas and they ended up building this amazing world with um, like ancient robots uh, in like locked in an endless war in the middle of a desert. Uh, wow. that, yeah. Something that I, I never would have, would have thought of going into this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of people end up bringing the world that they create into something else that they want to explore. Um mm-hmm. I know that at least some people have used this as a tool to uh, generate a backstory for a 
mysterious uh, TTRPG character they were already playing. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And, you know, yeah. Just looking at the, the comment that is currently on stream. Uh, thank you, Randall. Sorry, I think my internet cut out a little bit there. Am I back? Yes. I apologize. The the joys of going live. <laughs> so you were saying um, people help me kind of create backstory and, and use it kind of in that way as well. Sorry. Mm. Um, but yeah, so with the the cover of the game, so the cover we're looking at here does look like quite traditionally fantasy and kind of exploring, but I guess this can be used for any setting. Like you could set this in space if you wanted to, I suppose. Absolutely, yes. Um, again, the prompts uh, are as open-ended without being generic um, as okay. I can get them. So I have things like um, a key that could be a physical key in a fantasy setting. It could be mm -hmm. a key code in a sci-fi setting. Um, it could be some sort of secret in, you know, a, let's say, uh, Renaissance secrets and uh, politics sort of game. Um, mm -hmm. For another example, um, a malfunction uh, that could be in a fantasy setting, uh, your satchel, um, splitting open all of a sudden. Uh, in mm -hmm. a sci-fi setting, it could be, you know, some sort of terrible um, technological yeah. malfunction. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're, that's really, yeah, that's really good that they're so open, like you say, and, and kind of broad to to let you kind of explore it. Because I think that's the fun of this kind of game is letting your imagination go wherever you want to go. And also because mm -hmm. it's a solo game, um, I think sometimes people feel a little bit freer to do more crazy ideas because you can feel a bit intimidated at a table to put an idea out there if you're not sure how everyone else is going to take it. Mm -hmm. um, what's a kind of, you know, the appeal for you for solo kind of journaling games or, or solo tabletop RPGs? Like, how would you introduce somebody that's kind of kind of new to it or recommend it to them? Um, some people recommend them as uh, basically... If you can't get a group together um, for, you know, your regularly scheduled group TTRPG, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you're battling the scheduling demons all the time, um, then here's this this way that you can still get your TTRPG fix. Um, yeah. I would say that for sort of my games in particular, if you want to scratch that creative writing itch, Mm -hmm. um, but you, you know, don't want to stare at a blank piece of paper, you know, just being frustrated mm -hmm. at not being able to come up with anything. Uh, this is also a fantastic way to generate prompts that, you know, are just restrictive enough to give you a direction to start going in, but are also not um, putting any sort of preformed assumptions before you that you can't change um to make the game exactly the way that you want that sounds yeah that sounds really great one thing i was just thinking of is i'm my schedule is calming down a little bit because january with the open gaming license not to bring it up again was a little bit hectic being a small publisher <laughs> but now things have calmed down <laughs> and mm. i have a little bit more time i was planning on getting uh sitting down to play a game of her odyssey but i have never played a solo journaling tabletop rpg before so this was my first one um so what guidance would you have for me or for any any newbies uh playing specifically her odyssey um i would say that the rules text 
um, says that you can either play in one sitting or you can draw a card each morning, think about what's going on and write your journal entry in the evening and sort of spread out the play over a period of time. Um, I strongly recommend if you're new to this, doing that latter option, uh, the mm -hmm. playing just a little bit every day, because okay. it makes it a lot more approachable. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. you're not blocking out five or six hours to try to wrestle with this game that you've, you've never mm -hmm. played before. Um, it's, you know, much smaller chunks. And I would also say if you have parts of an idea for a world already, um, absolutely, like absolutely bring those in, um, go in with, you know, any sort of idea that hasn't fit into other settings or any, you know, any other projects. Um, you know, if you have an idea that you are, excited about exploring, go for it. Um, you do not have to play this with a blank slate. That's really, that's really good to hear. So if, um, if people have, have, have listened to you kind of talking about the game and they're like, yes, I'm on board, where do I get my hands on a copy of this game? Where's the best place for them to go? That would be my itch page at mirror-lock.itch.io. Um, her odyssey is featured uh, there. And you can also go straight to the link that's on screen currently, mirror-lock.itch.io slash her-odyssey. Awesome. And is it just PDFs or physical copies? And, and what, sort of, uh, what sort of price uh, are people paying for the game? So uh, this is very exciting for me to officially announce. Mm -hmm. um, currently, her Odyssey is available in PDF form, uh, both as a sort of full color version and as a printer friendly black and white only version uh, for pay what you want. You can get it for free. Mm -hmm. um, you can um, give me money if you want. The, <laughs> uh, the default suggested price is $5, but you know whatever you can afford and feel comfortable paying. Mm -hmm. However, um, I am also partnering with Knave of Cups to produce a printed version. Um, and they are doing all new layout, all new original art. Um, this image that's currently on screen is mm -hmm. um, a sort of draft image for what the front and back cover might look like. And um, I am, you know, just absolutely <laughs> thrilled to be working with AO and Jen in order to bring this to physical life. Yes, I'm excited to get a physical copy because I think when you find a game you really like, even though, you know, of course you can play from the PDF and, and get everything you want from that, but it's nice to just sometimes have a physical thing on your shelf, like of, of a thing that you like and is important to you. So I think that's lovely as well. What sort of, um, if people are wanting to get a physical copy, when is when would that sort of be available? Is that the later part of this year or is that still in, in flux? So uh, the currently projected date is early April. Um, oh, wow. That's pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, this has been in the works for a couple of months now, but um, we've been sort of keeping it under wraps until it's ready to to reveal. But I've also been sort of uh, giving my <laughs> uh, my friends and family little, little peeks. So uh, okay. this is likely not huge news to uh, any any people who know me who might be in the comments right now. Um, I'm excited all the same. But I'm excited as well. And where's the best place to get updates on, on when it's available and where we can get it and things like that? 
Um, probably my Twitter or the Knave mm-hmm. of Cups Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is um, at mirror underscore lock. The mm-hmm. Knave of Cups Twitter, I think, is just uh, Knave of Cups. Let me double check that. Yeah, I can have a look and, and check uh, that there. Knave underscore of underscore cups. That's great. Um, fantastic. And we'll put that in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. So all the links will be there. So you don't have to type that out. You can just click the links in there. Um, but yeah, so that's fantastic. So thank I'm so excited it's coming to a physical print version. Um, so I've already got the PDF, uh, but I'll be looking forward to getting uh, my hands on a copy of the physical book as well. Um, so Her Odyssey um, is not the only game that you've kind of made. Um, are there any other games that you'd like to kind of talk about and share while while we're here today? Um, well, I have a number of other games, so <laughs> yes. I'll try not to uh, talk about them, you know, in in too extensive detail. Mm-hmm. Um, my other solo journaling games are Galatea, which is a wretched and alone solo journaling game uh, about being a masterpiece uh, that has come to life and trying to deal with the pressure of living up to the expectations of being perfect. Um, It is not a happy game. Um, I sort of wrote it as an allegory um, for being, you know, labeled as a gifted kid and then growing up and, and, sort of stumbling against what the real world is like. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, all my, all my burned out former gifted kids out there, uh, (laughs) if you you want to cry for a while, this is the game for you. Um, And uh, my most recent, um, my most recently published game, uh, Untitled Moth Game, um, Mm -hmm. written as, in part as a birthday present for Cassie Mothwin, who I think is still in chat right now. Um, It is a fairy tale flavored game um, Mm -hmm. that follows the story of a cursed uh, were-moth maiden uh, who (laughs) has been separated from her true love and has to go rescue them. So there is a stage where you explore uh, a village and learn the villagers' stories. Uh, You can pledge to um, help them overcome whatever difficulties they're facing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get whisked away to the castle that you have to explore by turning over cards. Um, And you also have to manage your resources. Um, It is based on both the Breathless and the Carta systems, in addition to an SRD that I'm writing that I have not yet officially announced. Um, So yeah, that is probably also not a happily ever after story. Um, (laughs) The the prospect of um, rescuing your character's true love and having a happily Mm -hmm. ever after, um, it is possible. However, Mm -hmm. it is also very, very possible to run out of hope or run out of resources uh, part part way through um, and have to deal with the feeling of letting down the people that you had promised to help. Um, so that... Uh, Another happy game. I, yes. <laughs> this uh, is your genre. It is I, my genre. <laughs> I love this type of game as well. So I'm fully in. So yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Fantastic. 
Um, we have had a quick question about um, kind of her odyssey um, about retail copies. So if there are some retailers that would like to get print versions of your game, what's the best way for them to, to ask you and get in touch about that? Uh, you should message Knave of Cups, uh, again, at Knave underscore of underscore cups at Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, I believe they also have a contact form on their website. Uh, they are handling all of the printing and distribution. Um, I'm not sure whether they are planning to uh, distribute to other stores, but uh, they are absolutely lovely people and I'm sure would love to have a conversation with you about that. Fab, there you go. I just thought as someone asked and you're right here, I will ask. So chat to Neighbor Cups about that. Um, but sorry, were you wanting to talk about any of your other games um, yes. before I interrupted you? Sure. Uh, the, the single so far uh, two-player game that I have uh, is, Carl, is called Pearl and Provenance. And you play as uh, demigods fleeing some unspecified disaster from your former world and mm -hmm. having to world build from scratch. Uh, so it is very much a world building and myth making game uh, oh. where you literally place land tiles on a hex grid um, oh, okay. and also uh, create new life forms, um, create myths, uh, pick up new domains uh, as your sort of divine um, portfolio. And uh, as far as I can tell, eventually all of the games that I've seen in playtesting or in live play so far end up with one of the demigods uh, trying to kill the other. So oh. <laughs> if what? that's the sort of mythology you're into, um, there you go. Um, what? Why do they kill each other? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm being very naive in my questioning, but I didn't think that was what you were going to say. <laughs> it really ends up being, um, and this is very true to the sort of myths that uh, that this draws inspiration from. It usually comes down to one of the gods uh, making a new life form, and the other god giving them sentience, which also gives them the right to sort of talk about how this race views that god as their their patron and creator and the first god gets jealous and you know every myth that you can think of where you know the gods get jealous of their creations yeah. and kind of push and shove each other um in revenge it, it all those instincts come out apparently when people play this game That's so interesting i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought that i see it now you said it but when you said it i was like what okay <laughs> I guess I guess this is another game that's also great for maybe using before you're doing a campaign to sit down and create your world together and making the creation of, of the game and, and your world a game in itself. And yes. I guess whichever god survives gets to be the GM, maybe, apparently. <laughs> or, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, but speaking of kind of other games, um, so Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing kind of your games with us as well. I always ask um, if you have any recommendations for other indie tabletop RPGs and the rules are it can't be obviously D&D &D, and mm -hmm. um, it can't be a game that you've made yourself. So do you have any recommendations for other games that people might want to use your games to kind of world build or create characters to play with and then use a just different system for a, a bigger campaign maybe? Yes, um, I am going to plug three games. Um, sure. and. The first one is going to be the game that got me into 
solo journaling RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Queen Returns by James mm-hmm. Chip. Um, and it is a solo sort of storytelling half letter writing game um, about okay. somebody in a kingdom where the queen has left or gone missing or something. Mm-hmm. And you play as this person who keeps writing letters to the absent queen, trying to keep her up to date on what's happening at home and mm-hmm. hoping that she comes back. Um, oh. I played that as half of a letter writing game that um, I played with a friend of mine. We each picked up one uh, solo journaling RPG and just sort of mashed them together so that we were writing to each other rather than keeping a journal. Um, I would also like to talk about um, Power More by Ren Goddery, um, Mm -hmm. which is another Wretched and Alone game, which uh, really heavily influenced my approach to writing Galatea. Uh, It -hmm. is a game about having a sort of dream lover, um, literally somebody you only ever see in dreams, and how that sort of creeps into your your daily waking life. So uh, a paranormal and parasocial romance. Um, Interesting, yeah. Yes. Um, And finally... um, just as a just as an example of what solo journaling games can be if you push them to the limits of the genre, mm-hmm. uh, the sticker game by Cassie Mothwin um, is a game that you play by listening to the recorded audio tracks of the game and following the instructions and putting stickers into a notebook. Um, you you do have to do a little bit of writing, um, but Mostly, it's a way to express yourself using all of those stickers that you absolutely have and have not been using um, to generate um, a a very, um, I'm going to say, whimsical experience. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So uh, that can be found on Cassie's website at CassieMothman.com. Excellent. And uh, they're in the chat saying thank you very much for the plug. So that's excellent. Thank you so much for your time and coming on and sharing your games with us and giving those brilliant recommendations as well. I'll go check them out. Maybe I'll invite them on the show as well so they can come and and plug their show here. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for your time. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to kind of of say or any questions I forgot to ask you that you want to kind of put in before we wrap up. Um, I'm just going to leave off with a very mysterious hint, uh, which is to say that soon the PDF version of her Odyssey is going to have a new cover uh, where it's not going to say just a Caltrop core game. Oh, well, there's a little hint for people to ponder upon. <laughs> thank you very much for that. Um, and thank you very much to everyone that has been watching live and everyone that has uh, been listening. Um, if you go onto uh, the website there, mirror-lock.itch.io, links from the show note or in the chat. Because um, the best way to support indie tabletop RPG creators is to buy their things. Um, so thank you very much for listening. And thank you again for coming on the show. And that's all for this week. Thank you very thank much. You.